0: Hey, the Guardians finally made a trade of a pitcher to acquire an outfielder, and the Yankees finally traded one of their outfielders and got not in return what they thought they would years ago.
1: You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. I do have to say before I talk about our, our sponsor, I did enjoy all the uh, Yankees fans who are mad about, like, yeah, uh, the fact that uh, why couldn't they have just maximized his and uh, Frazier's and Andruar's value yep. to get that star they needed? That was yeah. That was the hot side. And that's the thing. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned about the Yankees, this is just a precursor to a bigger deal because you can trade Florio for, Florio for literally anyone. That, that's what I've been told for, like, the last decade almost this guy has been in their minor <laughs> league system. But first, today's episode episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit locked on to get started today. I want to thank everyone who watched my short. It is doing incredibly well. It was my first reaction. After that, I then have done the legwork and we're going to get into things today. Uh I do want to start out by Two fun kind of facts if we want to start negatively. And let's start negatively. One, uh, Esteban Florio was free in April. Any team could have claimed him then. Any team could have claimed him because he just hadn't done enough to impress and get an opportunity with the Yankees consistently. And two, when the Yankees, remember, they ended this offseason saying they needed two outfielders. When they needed outfielders due to injury this year, uh, is a better defender than Jake Bowers in the outfield. That's not up for debate. We can debate how good Florial is. But they decided to go with Bowers over Florio. So, again, uh, if you really want a final thought here on this, just at the beginning, the New York Yankees, who know Florio as well as anyone who have had him in their system since 2018, 2017, decided that Jake Bowers was a better choice to help their team in the outfield than Florio um, in, starting in June of this year. So, starting with that, we'll get into the positives, the negatives, the ups and downs, why they did it. But I thought those are just kind of, again, the fact that this is a great trade for the Yankees, in my opinion, just for no other reason than they they were literally waived, passed him through waivers. Anyone could have had Florial, And then, you know, eight months later, they're able to trade him for a guy who will probably help them this year. And pitching is uh, is pretty expensive to acquire in any format, way, shape. So and, and again, this is someone that Matt Blake knew from his time here. I've seen a lot of negatives on Cody Morris, and we'll get into some of them and some of them are rightful. But uh, at the same time, you know, he, I'm sure Matt Blake uh, discussed with the rest of the front office what he knows about this pitcher before this trade was consummated.
0: Yeah, welcome back. I'm glad the, uh, the Guardians decided uh, to avoid transactions on Christmas and did this because it was a Christmas Eve that Jerry DePoto made a trade, I think, or signed, they signed Mitch Garver. The Mariners signed Mitch Garver on Christmas Eve. I said, yes. oh, classic Jerry. I'm glad the Guardians took most of Christmas off. I was still celebrating with family. When this happens, I sound for a little bit just retweeting it. But uh, no, you make a good point about going with Bowers over Florial, especially at a time for the Yankees when they needed center field help because Harrison Bader was their center field when he mm-hmm. was hurt most of the season. Judge. I he was good when he was healthy. Yeah. And then Judge was hurt, but they they would move Judge over to center at times. So they needed center field help. And, and Florial would have been there. There are, we'll, and we'll debate it too whether or not Florial can play center field, but there are. Certainly Florio is a better center fielder than Jake Bowers. I don't think that's really up for debate. So they just still went with Bowers. You're right. And they were putting other guys in center field. So there is that. Um, Have heard, by the way, I don't know how legitimate this is. I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, strong sources or anything. But I have heard just discussions from people who cover the Yankees and and write about baseball, who I I consider to be knowledgeable people and and good at what they do, that uh, there were some disagreements in, in the Yankees organization whether or not they should have been giving more chances to Florial. This is a guy who only got uh, 134 plate appearances at the big league level. He's essentially skipped double a, he had nine games in double a in 2021 coming off of the COVID year. So this guy didn't play in he, he got three plate appearances in 2020 uh, during the COVID year. And then he didn't play in double a at all at, at any point in his career, went straight triple a in 2021 um, for the most part. And he's been there since a lot of swing and miss issues. Uh, we'll get into the Guardians acquiring a player like this, which is not, which is becoming more like them in some ways. But yeah, it's it is interesting. Florial is out of options, so that makes things a little more complicated for Cleveland. And Morris has all of his options. I'm sorry, he has two options left. This was his first option year because of all the times he's been hurt, they haven't had to option him. They just put him on the injured list, and he has a little more club control than than Florial at this point, but um no i think actually i'm sorry the might have
1: less yeah because no, right, right. has, has
0: more has more control this is not a guardians type player it is just weird they they acquired a player that has no options that pretty much i don't say locks them in because you know like you said anybody could have had him for free you know six months ago or whatever it was they dfa'd him in new york um so it, there is a chance that cleveland could just dfa him and he Their slavers, if they they really aren't interested, but it would also make you wonder why they were willing to give up on Morris, and we'll we'll touch on that as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, everything you said is valid. The Yankees definitely did not turn to him when they had a need. He was a highly touted prospect for a lot of years, whether that was you know all the hype coming from New York, which is a poster child for
1: the the overhead prospect,
0: Andahar, Frazier. Uh, Florio, you mentioned Davey Garcia on Twitter earlier today, all these Yankees prospects. Like if you go and look at their trades, this is another, you know, negative here. Look at all the trades they've made in recent years of prospects to acquire major leaguers. Like the best player they traded in the last couple of years might be like Ken Waldachuk. Like that's the best guy they've given up. All the other trades they've made. Like, I guess, you know, we'll see what happens in the, uh, who did they just trade? They traded uh, Scott Afro, or for Scott Afrow. Was Afro, it uh,
1: Hayden know. uh Wazneski,
0: Yeah, Wazneski. He was he was not great in his major league debut. Like the Yankees, there's some guys in in Texas they traded, obviously for the the Joey Gallo deal, I think, or was there Wasn't somebody that,
1: um Duran and Smith? Right,
0: Ezekiel Duran and Josh Smith. And those guys, they might be good hitters. I don't know, but in general, the Yankees have not traded a lot of prospects that have panned out very well. I just feel like, you know there's a lot of hype just being in the Yankee system. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Or if that's just like a uh, listening to uh, people talk and ca- I don't know, what is it? Causation doesn't equal correlation. I, or correlation doesn't equal, I don't know the whole, the it's, whole map. Right also, up,
1: but- you know, a ton of fans and then you and I have to hear for it, Here's the thing. Like I, I should put this out on front street. I, I have extreme bias with this trade. One, I was one of the first people on the Cody Moore's bandwagon. Um, you know, I've always been a believer. We'll talk about him more in segment two and three and and why I'm still a believer in varying degrees. Uh, And I've always I've spent the last, like I said, almost a decade hearing Yankees fans try to explain to me why Esteban Florio can be the centerpiece for Lindor, for Jose, for Kluber, for Clevenger, for for every single player. And he has great tools. We'll get into those um, probably in segment two as we discuss the why of this a little bit more. But we also would be remiss if we didn't bring up the fact that like, three years in triple a guys repeating levels is a big deal i have some data that shows yeah he had a great year but there's there's some things about this that show why he's it let's just, not us great show year. the data well I, so, this i've got two bits of data this is the first one i'll let you talk from here
0: yeah we found this on, on twitter from uh tj stat at tj stats who has some triple a data and he just skimmed this from savant anybody can grab this data from savant you just got to know how to pull it mm-hmm. and download it to a spreadsheet put it into these graphs which we don't have the time to do or, or figure out, but yeah, I mean, he hits the ball hard. We talked about that. This guy hits the ball hard and he has power and he, but, he barrels it.
1: Like he makes he barrels it. Yeah. When, he, when
0: he makes contact, I think the the closest player you can think of to Estevan Florial is basically Bradley Zimmer. This is a guy who just swings and misses a lot. He takes some walks. So I had a couple people text me and say, Oh, they just got Oscar Gonzalez basically again. I'm like, no. So one of the things that is, is interesting about Florial is he does, he is a good defender and right. There is a debate whether or not he can play center. Some people that have covered the Yankees system I've talked to do think that he can play center. I don't know if we're talking like gold glove level center. We're talking like maybe average in center. Um, maybe a little better. Maybe Cleveland thinks he's a little better out there. And that's the one place. And we're going to get into the Guardians' recent transactions on this because there is a weird pattern developing here that that is unusual for them. But Cleveland, the one area where Cleveland has, a, has been – um, willing to accept strikeouts is if you provide plus defense we're talking Bradley Zimmer they put up with that for a long time um, longer than they really needed to Mike Zanino Austin Hedges they are willing and I, I know Hedges comes with the leadership and thing up the too. middle and,
1: defense with that yes
0: if you if you can provide pl- plus up the middle defense or Cleveland thinks you can they're willing to swallow those strikeouts versus anything else they've done on this roster recently until the last couple of transactions so they, I'm wondering if Cleveland thinks he can play center field, which would be a, b- a benefit for them. Uh, it gives I'll them another it. option to play out there. But there's, you know, it's just again, it's a player they haven't had much success with. I just think he's a lot like Bradley Zimmer. It's, it's a lot. Of, it's he doesn't chase a lot. Like Florio does a good job staying in the zone. The problem is, as you saw in the stats, if you're watching on YouTube, he swings and misses in the zone. It's not a problem of of chasing, which that's hard to fix too. But making contact in the zone is also very hard to fix in some ways when he does make contact it's good contact but um so you're maybe hoping for a three true outcome player and that's you know not guaranteed at all but you're talking about a guy who does strike out a lot he does draw some walks which you know you and i have talked about cleveland does need guys who can draw walks for sure um and if he can provide plus defense like that's what you're looking at you're looking at a three true outcome guy who might be able to play defense that's but that's again that's like the 99 percentile outcome for a 26 year old who has repeated A three times and has issues.
1: Yeah, I, I have some more data to kind of a talk about defense, events and b talk about like some more concerning facts. Like everyone's very focused on. It. He was a 2020 guy and he walked. And yeah, I you know I brought up Oscar Gonzalez in, in an initial tweet, but it just meant that I, I didn't mean it like in terms of profile. I know someone's going to call us out in the comments, but it's like in terms of uh, athletic profiles uh, and disappointments. Uh, and we'll, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back. I'm going to get into some more data that stands out to why he's probably best as a as a fourth outfielder, and then two players that are should be reeling after this trade in the Cleveland Guardians system.
0: All those odds over the years you could have taken on betting sites on who the who the Yankees are going to trade non Florial to would have been fun to watch unfortunately we don't have that data looking forward to some new bets in the new year but uh still a chance to score late this nfl season with FanDuel, america's number one sports book right now if you are a new customer of FanDuel, you can get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. so what does that mean if you're a new customer of FanDuel, download the app create the account and put five dollars in on a money line bet if your team wins the money line bet is just betting on the team to win on the money line so if your team wins on that bet. You get 150 bonus bucks from FanDuel. So you can go back and spend that money on more betting, which people too often do. Maybe you can cash out and you can still uh, try to find that uh, Christmas present for that loved one, or maybe spend that on your new year celebration. Uh, Who knows? So 150 bucks, if your team wins $5 bonus, bet if you're a new customer and if you're not into money line bets, that's okay. They have other stuff on there as well. as you all know, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more I'm Enjoying it for uh bowl season right now. Visit Fandle.com slash lockdown Get in on the action while you still can during the NFL season. Fandle is an official partner of the NFL. So all right, get into your data because we got to talk about Cody okay. Morris.
1: We do. So first I want to bring up uh splits a little bit. They're they're uneven. Um you know, they're a little bit closer. This year they weren't too bad. Years passed, there's a bigger split he is a lefty he's another left-handed bat um we'll get into the players at effects in a second but i also want to talk about this year it's fascinating to look at his data and look at his what he does against older pitchers and what he does against younger pitchers why does this matter cuz he just turned 26 he is an old older prospect like uh back in the day in otp leagues the minute you turn 26 you're no longer a prospect your little your green stars turn to or your blue stars turn to gray stars you're not really he's not really a prospect anymore he hasn't had a lot of opportunities Because he spent all this time in the Yankee system and they never judged him as someone that they were willing to even give a chance to, which is its own set of concerns. But he had a 960 OPS. He punished older pitchers. Why is that a big deal? Because the older pitchers in AAA are the guys who are depth starters. They're not quality starters. Yeah, it's the Zach, please thanks of the world. It's the, you know, look at who Cleveland had down there. The the older pitchers. These are the guys who you have as emergency depth arms. These are the guys um, who don't have overpowering stuff. Versus younger pitchers, it was a 736 OPS, a 214 batting average, as opposed to 298 against older. Uh, his slugging was down to 410 after being nearly 600 against older. These are the better pitchers because the younger guys are fast moving up, have a chance to be a big league. You know, your elite of the elite pitching prospects aren't 25, uh, nearly 26 in AAA. They're already in the big leagues. So he, his, his, just, all these people were obsessed. He hit 20 home runs. He stole 20 bases. He walks. He does all of those things. But it is a three times through triple A. Is first off discounts a lot of it. I know people talk about swing approaches. He misses in the zone a ton. He misses out of he doesn't chase, but when he does swing at stuff out of the zone, he misses. This guy, his his swing and miss is high everywhere. And you're not gonna fix that. I saw a lot of people like, Well, if Cleveland who is Cleveland fixed, like, give me the guy Cleveland is fixed. There is some round room for comparison. we were talking about Nolan Jones, Will Benson as athletic guys who didn't get opportunities, who shined. But there's so much data who also shows that Will Benson and Nolan Jones are in for huge regression. Not only did Nolan Jones have the highest bat Pip in baseball last year, he also had the highest swinging miss outside the zone. I mean, it's going to be ugly for Nolan Jones in 2024. I, I I was on that bandwagon as well, so I'm very sad about that. But, I mean, all the data shows this is going to be a crash and burnitis. Uh, and Benson also, they, there's, again, people want to argue with bat Pip you can't argue with a stat that literally tells us how lucky someone was. And these guys uh, were, we above Luis Arez who's the golden God of, of BapP data, high rates. Uh, so when you're looking at, 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 Floreal, I warmed to this deal a little. I still don't love it. We'll talk about Morris in a second because he swings and misses too much. I, I think he's a below average defender in center. Like he's got good speed, but he always looked a bit awkward out there because a can't, he might have the best pure tool in Cleveland system with his arm. Like I saw 80 grades on this at multiple points through his minor league career. He's a right fielder. He might be a plus defender in right. He's at least a 55, but he's probably 55 and right, 45 in center. I don't think he's a center fielder, but I think if he's your fourth outfielder and he's a backup, that's where he's going to be. He's going to play three spots. He's going to back up without any options. He is here to stay. They didn't trade for him to cut him. So um, Jonathan Rodriguez, enjoy your time in AAA. George Valera, who's also left-handed, has tools and is very like George Valera, this pretty much signaled, Hey, you're not getting into the majors this year either barring um, a crap ton of injuries. So uh, for Valera and Rodriguez, this had to be uh, really terrible to see.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, it's not a great sign for those two guys, at least to start the year, things can happen injuries and guys could, you know, break through if they, whatever, if something happens where they just playing great and they force the issue, maybe that's, that's how it goes. But I agree. I think that's them hedging their bets a little bit and, acquiring somebody else who they think might have a chance to break out like this is a this is a gamble this is a risk for cleveland to take a a player with obviously star upside
1: but it's it's not it's doesn't really have the, star upside i mean i think we, we throw those words clicked, around yes. but it's not gonna all click like it, it's kind of the thing that, that drives me nuts in draft season so, not to go off on you, but it's like, it's not star upside because it's not going to click. Like, he's 20, 26 years old. He can't swing. He's going to swing and miss in the zone. And that's when he's facing mediocre AAA pitching. When he's facing good major league pitching, guys who can cut it, it's going to get even worse. Like, there's no way that this all, I mean, he might have a good, great, you know, one of those great Nolan Jones esque years. But I think at the same time, we have to sometimes look beyond tools and realize like this guy is kind of fundamentally broken in the way he approaches as a hitter, that he's never going to be consistent.
0: I'm not saying he's going to be a star. I don't think he's going to be a star, but he's a lottery ticket. And what happens with scratch-offs, you're hoping to get lucky one of those times on a scratch-off or buying a lottery ticket. That's that's what Florio is. And the odds of him... I mean, it
1: take being, like an act of God to fix that swing. Being a like winning lottery
0: ticket have... <laughs> yes. But the, again, the odds, of him, the odds of him being a winning lottery ticket have faded over the years. The odds have gotten worse. So they're almost, you know, next to none. No odd, bad odds on this. You're just, you know, you're throwing up a a hail mary and hoping something good happens here, and you're just trying to find bodies to put in the outfield, which makes an interesting point on what Morris's value was. But like you said, also on on Valera and Rodriguez, that they felt like it was worth bringing this guy to camp without options, meaning they're going to give him every unless they go out and acquire somebody else after this. Which, hey, like you said, you trade for Floral, it means you can go get anybody now. But um, you know, unless they make another move, do you right? This is this guy. This is a guy who's going to get some chances because. Uh, he's out of options they're going to try to exhaust this and see what happens here i don't necessarily like i did like cody morris i know you said can, you're on the can cody i interrupt you for one I'm second gonna...
1: just real quickly before we go to cody morris what else
0: would be know, right
1: <laughs> it is yeah i know people is there a world where this is a precursor to a bigger deal like could this be just throwing this out there we have heard of obviously things...
0: the trade not trading chain beaver now obviously they will talk about that
1: <laughs> we'll talk about but you know they have talked about Bieber to tampa and Tampa did talk about Esteban Florio with the Yankees. Just going to slide those in there just as, as a thing we can move on.
0: Yeah. Let's uh, let's come back and talk more about Cody Morris and some other stipulations of this trade, which will not involve Shane Bieber. was a big fan of Cody Morris. I know you probably saw him before I did when he was in South Carolina, but I had a chance to see him make his pro debut in Lake County was a big fan back then. I've been a big fan since I, I like. I've always liked the stuff. And for a guy who's never been healthy, uh, he certainly has the look, the body of a, a durable start in the major leagues. He just never, never has been. Um, my thing on Cody Morris is this, cause there was some debate today online about, you know, Oh, he's a starter. Cleveland even said, Tito even said earlier this year, we, you know, we, when he was rehabbing for the third time, So this is a guy who has missed three spring, the last three springs. So obviously didn't pitch in 2020, 2021. He had an injury, 2022, he had an injury in spring training, 2023 he had an injury in spring training. So this guy has not made it a spring training three years in a row without getting healthy. That that's the major problem here. That's why Morris, Morris's trade value might've only been for a guy like Florial. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to say he ran out of chances here, but Morris did just turn 27 last month, and he has never pitched more than 99 innings in the minors. That's his career high. Um, he's never pitched. I mean, the eight innings he pitched in the majors this year. I'm sorry, 23 innings. Um, he pitched last year, 2022 was was career high in the majors. Um, I think the st- there's starter stuff in there. He's just never been healthy. And. That, that's essentially what it is. Like, he's just never been healthy. I think that's a big factor in all this. And like I said, Tito said earlier this year when he was rehabbing, when then people were asking with all of Cleveland's pitching injuries, like, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to make him a starter or a reliever? And they said, we don't really know. They never they never really knew what to do because the guy couldn't stay healthy, even though he had starter stuff. They didn't know if he could make it as a starter. I don't think he ever could make it as a starter. Uh, he fell in love with a cut fastball. And I cut fastball had good numbers in 2022, but it wasn't great. And it got uh, shelled this year. It did I always well in thought AAA. he
1: got- the cutter did well in AAA. That the all four the fat the four seamer was arguably his worst pitch this year in AAA. Yeah, I always thought so. Before
0: before the injury, he had a more traditional windup, and his fastball was flat. Mm. After the after the injury, he came back in 2021. He was throwing harder, and he had a new delivery. And I thought the fastball shape got better than what I saw in the minors. But he always had an above-average curveball. He always had a plus changeup. So those were always two pitches he could fall back on. And the command was always like, you know, 50, Solid. 45. Yeah, it was fine for a guy who could be a 3-4 starter. The problem is the innings were just never there. The thing that stinks is for Cleveland is um, Cody Morris had options. And, I, again, I don't know what role he would have played on this year because what do you do with a guy who's been injured like this? You know, do you bring go to spring training and say, we're going to try to stretch you as a starter? And if that doesn't work, we'll put you in the bullpen. But he's 27. I mean, I I argued I don't know how many times on the show over the season. Why is Cody Morris in AAA? He's 26. He needs big league innings. You have injuries at the major league level. Why is this guy not getting a chance in AAA? And this could be this is the same thing with with Florio. Yeah. Cleveland went to other options in the majors. They kept sending Morris up and down to AAA in Cleveland. He kept riding the shuttle. The same thing with Florio. There are people in the in the Yankees system or Yankees organization that said that they should have gone to Florio instead of. Jake Bowers and everything else. I don't know if anybody in Cleveland was pining for, for Cody Morris because the numbers in AAA this year were a little suspect at times. But he needed you needed to find out what he could do at the major league level. Those that, He didn't need mornings at AAA. So I think at least we were arguing, I was arguing, saying why is he not getting more opportunities at, at the major leagues? So to me, the only way Cleveland gets burned here is if Morris becomes – I mean, you're right. Pitching is more valuable for sure, um, especially right now. And I don't know maybe the age isn't, isn't much of a factor, but he's optionable. Like you have two options on him the next two seasons and for a team like the Yankees who just traded away a bunch of pitchers for some stuff recently, uh, even though they weren't, you know, so like the best quality. yeah. So there's yeah. that they needed depth too, but you know, Cleveland needs depth too. And that's the thing, but I don't know how reliable of depth you can count on Cody Morris because he could go to AAA or he can go to the spring training in, in, in April or March of 2024 and wind up on the injured list like he has the last three years. So that's that to me, that's the only thing here that that caused this trade Um is they never knew what to do with him because he can never stay healthy, even though I thought there was mid rotation upside. And I still think there is, but I think he's more likely uh, a guy you're going to get 40 or 50 innings of out of the bullpen.
1: So again, I've been a big fan of his. And if you go back to like 2023, you know, we talked about zips in our last episode. 2023 zips was, was pretty high on Cody Morris, said he'd be worth, a, you know, one war, said he'd have a low four, you know, ERA. uh And overall, like I, I went through and I looked at his AAA data this year. I went and looked at, at Matan's scrape data on all of his pitches. And it was interesting to see, you know, the, the uh the curve was probably his best pitch like mean, he was getting swings and misses the change was solid the cutter was okay but the curve also got hit hard like if it did like it got swings and misses but it could also or not yeah but it could also get hit it's it's a frustrating profile but for everyone who's like oh you know he's he's a bum and there was no home for him you always need pitching depth and we've seen 99. Who knows what world he's gonna be in. We've seen Nick Sandlin fall apart in the second half, two years in a row last, the previous year was due to injury. Uh, we've seen Sam Henches have injury issues two years in a row. We've seen Eli Morgan literally fall apart in the second half, two years in a row without injuries. Just great first half, second half wears down. Um, you know, Franco Alamon, I don't think has he ever pitched on back-to-back days yet in the minors as much as we like him. He has never had a back-to-backer, I believe in his entire minor league career. Andrew Walters hasn't even pitched in the minors yet. And he's the guy that we're most excited about for all this great depth. Is there really great depth? Like who are you going to? Who is the, the and yes, these young players have to play, but there's a world where Cody Morris, you and I both had him in our top eight a year ago. I understand health does ding a guy and brings him down. Um, And it's best predictor of
0: future injury is past injuries
1: injuries. Yeah. And and you make a great point about Cleveland just didn't want to give him a try. I don't know if he got stuck in his ways. Sometimes pitchers, you know, try to, you know, think they know themselves better than the team, which is, I wondered if that happened. I don't have any inside info. That was a wonder, but I I think there is a world where like, he is a useful pen arm. I, I think he is going to be a pen arm. I just think they felt like we can't trust this guy to stay healthy he is already, you know, 27. We're going to move on. They looked at their outfield options. They've talked with teams because that's what they do. They've known what the market is. It is. We talked about on this very show. It is hard to get outfielders. The market is like 35 and up. And those guys are even getting paid more than I. I didn't expect Hunter Renfro to get a two-year contract. You know, look at, at how that market is Not for is moving. that money either. Geez. No. So it's like Tasker Hernandez is probably going to get 20 mil plus based on what you're, you know, reading between probably the lines out there. Too. Yeah. So it's yeah. like. It's really hard to get an outfield. It's harder to get an outfielder than a shortstop right now. So they looked around, they made their calls and they took a gamble. I I think, I don't think he's a high ceiling player because I think the ceiling is limited by his tool set at this age, but I think he is potentially a useful player, a platoon player, a, you know, a backup, but I think there's value in that. But I think they also looked at their own internal options. Saul, you know, Jonathan Rodriguez doesn't have the defensive ceiling, but maybe has the offensive ceiling and George Valera talk about can't stay healthy. So they went and made a low-key buy on an asset that is distressed and that they're probably worried will stay distressed to get a guy who can maybe raise the floor of their outfield grouping. That's, All yeah, right.
0: that's it's, it's raising the floor, you're right. By the way, yeah. the, the defensive ceiling for Jonathan Rodriguez is, like, dh a toddler's, <laughs> a toddler's first steps <laughs> it's, it's it's oh oh he can throw the ball and he's gonna fall okay yeah, so there's it's, no it's, defensive it's, value to be had it's better
1: th- i think it's a little better than oscar gonzalez but
0: slightly it yeah um, it is interesting to look at too i want to there's two more points i think we need to make before we get out of here today yeah um we'll talk about some other stuff another on the next episode but two more two points i think are worth making i saw some people on on twitter i'm not gonna call and i can still i don't know why i sound like an idiot saying that but whatever that they're saying, oh, well, this means they're going to hang on to Bieber. Not the case because Cleveland, the only way Cleveland trades Bieber is if they get the value back that they they perceive in Bieber. So if someone is willing to meet their demands for Bieber on the trade market, they will absolutely trade him. I, I believe that 100%. It's just a matter of fact, they're not getting it. So this this move itself is, is Shane Bieber's trade value, or whatever it is, is independent of anything else Cleveland does. It's just simply looking for the, the way they value Bieber and another team will give them what they're looking for. So I, I think that's that's independent of itself. We can talk about pitching depth a little bit more tomorrow and outfield depth, because depth, I don't think we're going to have a chance. But um, I do find that it, this interesting. So you can include Manzardo in this, because Manzardo is a guy that's more Cleveland's type for the most part. Yes. But outside of Manzardo, the Guardians' last big three acquisitions have been Khalil Watson and the Josh Bell trade, uh, Davis Sindel Santos in the Rule 5 draft, and now Estevan Florial. I think it's interesting that Cleveland has taken a gamble on some athletes to varying degrees. I guess Dale Santos isn't really an athlete like he is technically and professionally, but not, you know, not in the way Florial and and Watson are athletes. But they have taken a gamble on guys who do have upside, you know, whether or not there's a uh, varying degrees of probability they're never going to hit that upside. It's very unlikely for all three of them. But, you know, all it takes is, is, scratching off that one spot on the, on the scratch off. And um, it becomes a winner, you know, and you get, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or whatever is in that scratch off. Um, they have been very risk averse to these sorts of moves in the past. This is not their player archetype at all. They don't do well with fixing them. So there's no guarantees there, but I find it interesting. They have at least invested a little bit and have come out of their comfort zone a little bit on these acquisitions and, to, and grab some guys that may have higher upside, even though they have a very, very, very low floor. Um, it's, it's worth watching because I'm curious to see if that is just a special case with these three moves or because, you know, they could have easily like, you know, trading Morris, maybe they just didn't want to hang on him. Like you said, for injuries and Watson was a nice buy low guy on the bell trade, but they could have very well just let Davis and Dale Santos go to somebody else and not made a rule five pick. I mean, they, DF- they waived Oscar Gonzalez to do this. So they that was that felt like an intentional move, so I'm curious to see if this is a pattern that develops more or if this is just a you know a rare occurrence the way this is going. But I think it's worth watching. I think it's very, very interesting that they have gone down this path recently.
1: No, oh, it is a hundred percent a change. Listen, we got a, a coaching change we'll have to talk about on tomorrow's show, and we're going to do another. Listen, the numbers are so great. We're going to do another uh, divisional trade because it's more about
0: pitching depth and, and mm-hmm. whether or not Cleveland was burned by the Benson and Jones trades yeah. with with a little bit more on this. Lots well, to talk well, about tomorrow.
1: Yeah, we got a lot of things to talk about. Join us. Thank you for being in every day or joining in in the discussion. Hey, things are moving for this Guardians team. That's at least two additions we have. Hot right stove well is as as
0: burning. With burning. Coals. Yep. Add the coal to the fire. Add all that coal you got for Christmas to the fire.
1: Just. Don't put uh, any coal, uh, Calhoun's in your fire, uh, as as it were. <laughs> uh, he is not being added. Uh, thank you all for joining us, being in every day, reading, reviewing, downloading helps, and go go guardians go.